Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? This is something, again, I don't think we can wrap our minds around how bad it's really going to be. And this is why I know we will be removed also, because look at how much the Lord loves us. We're his faithful bride, even if we're we're not faithful. You know what I mean? We're still his bride. We are the wife of Jesus. We don't fully comprehend that, but we're his bride. And not to, it's a crash statement, I get it, but I love this statement. He's not a wife beater. The Lord loves us. He cares for us. He has a special plan and a purpose for us as the church. We are something special. It is something profound and special to be part of the church, of the body of Christ, to be a part of the bride. And we are not going to have to go through this. We are going to return with him because we will be taken out before it ever happens. And Jesus goes on to explain this, and, uh, and I'll, I'll even show you another passage that's one of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture. But Mark 13, 26 and 27, Jesus says this, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest part of earth to the farthest part of heaven. We know Jesus is going to return literally, physically to this planet. We know this, he's going to return We know from Old Testament descriptions, he's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. The world that has been destroyed by man, he is going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two. Fresh water is going to pour out and gush into the Dead Sea and bring life to the Dead Sea, into the Mediterranean. He is then going to renew and revitalize the entire earth. And guess what, church? You are going to rule and reign. I am going to rule and reign with Jesus in the Millennial Kingdom. Jesus will be in the throne He will rule over the whole earth. David will rule over Israel from the throne in Jerusalem. But Jesus will rule over the whole earth. And there will be a new Jerusalem. And I won't go into all that today because I'd be on a rabbit trail forever. But you and I are going to rule and reign with him for 1,000 years. He's going to bind Satan, throw him in the pit for 1,000 years. He's going to rule and reign. And all of those Jewish people and Gentiles who make it through the tribulation are going to live on the planet, repopulate the earth as he rejuvenates it and makes it new. And we're going to rule and reign with them. Now later I'll talk about the end of that, which doesn't make sense to me, but that's okay. I get it. Um, But I want us to remember that Jesus comes once for his church, the rapture, but he's going to return with his church. And I want to read this passage out of Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. It's one of the most profound, powerful passages in all of Scripture. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse... And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. 
and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I just want to point something out, though, in this passage. When you look at this passage, in verse 14... We are described in other verses in Revelation as those being in fine linen, who've, made, who've been made white and clean, who are pure. We are the armies in heaven who follow him. And I don't understand it, but it says we're going to be on white horses. Now, I love horses, so that's kind of cool. I heard a pastor recently said, hey, have you named your horse yet? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. They probably already have a name, but I'm okay with that too. I don't understand exactly what this will look like, but... If I read it plainly, you and I are going to return with him riding white horses. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> what do you think? But we return with him. He sets up his kingdom. He defeats the Antichrist. He does all of that. And we get the privilege of ruling and reigning with him. What a special position and place we have. Being Christians, being part of the body of Christ. But then also we know this. He sets up his kingdom. He chains up Satan for a thousand years. And this is what I don't understand. He sets up his kingdom for a thousand years and he lets people live their lives. And they live in perfect peace under the rule of Jesus and under us uh, serving in some kind of probably precognitive law in some way. I don't understand it. But at the end of that, he still allows a choice. He releases Satan out of the pit. And then many people who were alive for that thousand years and who served and who were, lived under the perfect peace of Jesus are going to rebel and come against all of us, really against the Lord. Surround Jerusalem and he's going to wipe them all out. That's what scripture tells us. But this is the beautiful thing. After all of that judgment, this is what I love. Because we're going to see, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but heaven and earth have both been tainted by sin. Satan has access to heaven. He's the accuser of the brethren. Earth has certainly been tainted by sin. And so what is the Lord going to do? He's going to burn it all up. It's all going to burn. <laughs> You've heard that before. But then he's going to make a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And we get to be there for this. We weren't there in Genesis, but we will be there this time. If you are part of the body of Christ. If you're his. You see what's at stake here? Because all of those who reject him and who do not receive the free offer of grace, they're going to be cast into outer darkness, eternally separated in a real place called hell, eternally separated from God forever. And that's their choice. But thank you, Jesus, that you and I will be with him forever. And again, you know, it's like the older you get, the more you realize, man, I just can't wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait for that. But Jesus now switches up here in, in the Olivet Discourse, and he gives this quick parable about a fig tree. Now, he's answered about the second coming, but then he jumps into this parable, which is almost like this intermission in a sense. He gives this parable of a fig tree, and we're going to see some people believe this fig tree. Now, the last time we saw a fig tree in Scripture, we saw this fig tree that Jesus cursed, and it died. And we know that that represented Israel because of their spiritual condition. So there are some 
who claim this fig tree, this parable of the fig tree, also represents Israel. And, and I want you to know, I don't know if it does or not. I'm kind of open on that, but at the same time, I think there's just a clear reading of a scripture that we can apply out of this passage, out of this, this parable we're going to read, that is, is applicable to us. But in any case, look at what Jesus says in Mark 13, verse 28. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, which is what I just talked about, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, I just want to say this again. Heaven and earth will be burned up. He'll create a brand new heaven and earth, and he'll do it by the power of his word. And here's the thing we see. My words will by no means pass away. So many times in our walk, we get off track. And usually when we get off track, it's because we got out of the word. We don't worship Father, Son, and Holy Bible. We worship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the Holy Bible is the living word of God. It's something special that gets inside of us and changes us. It directs us. It corrects us. And guess what? The words of God, the words of Jesus will, are eternal. They will never change. And so don't neglect the word of God. Don't neglect reading and studying your Bible. It's that powerful. Now, for those who believe this fig tree is pointing to Israel, they get themselves in a little bit of a quagmire because they say, well, a generation in the Bible, they came up with this theory, a generation in the Bible is 40 years. And so when it says that that generation will not pass when they see the budding of the fig tree, they believe that Israel is the budding of that fig tree. And in 1948, May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation again, just as Isaiah 66 prophesied that in a single day a nation would come forth. And it did, just like God's word said so. And so they say, when you see that become a nation, that that generation will not pass before the coming of the Son of Man. Well, here's the thing. Forty years came and went. There was even a book called 88 Reasons Why the, Why the Lord is Coming Back in 1988. Oops, he, he didn't come back. And, you know, you, you'll hear it said from this pulpit, if you hear somebody make a date, you can guarantee that's not the date because no man know the day or the hour. But then they said, okay, maybe it's 80 years or 100. So they're always pushing it forward. The thing is, is I don't get too caught up in this. If that's what it's saying, that's fine. But I think there's a real plain meaning to this passage. Because when he says, we'll by no means pass away till all these tank, uh, things take place. When he's talking about that fig tree, uh, I have a tree in my backyard now that it's summer. It doesn't really apply, but since there was no spring. But normally, when it goes from winter to springtime, it gets little buds on it. And I know summer is near. Well, that's all Jesus is saying. And what he's saying is when you see these things begin to happen, all these signs that he previously has talked about, when you see them begin to happen, that generation will not pass away before the coming of the Son of Man. And here's the thing, church. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We see these things beginning to happen. We see the things that the tribulation talks, that we read in Scripture about the tribulation. We see those things forming now. Not that they're happening, but we see them forming. Does that make sense? And I believe it's the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pangs. But here's the other thing. Remember, Jesus has now answered the first two questions. He answered, what will these things be? The destruction of the temple. He answered, what would be the signs of your coming? He just gave them a very clear answer. But now he's going to jump into the end of the age. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. 
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.